Hey, it's 80 DL Day. Auto Dillo Live. I'm David. <laughs> you know, you know it's funny because when I said hey, it, it basically, well, it was like it was like ADD should have come out. Hey, it's A D D. What's up, gentlemen? What's up? I got too many pieces of paper in front of me, man. That's what's going on. What is going on? What's up, Chris Fitcher? Not much, man. What's going on? Oh, not too much. What's up, Dave Cribs? You know, trying to make it happen. Trying to make it happen. Making it happen. Like, like what's happening? Like, like uh, remember that show, What's Happening? I do remember What's Happening. That was with Rerun and... D. D. Raja. <laughs> that was a great show. It was. It was a great show. It's called What's Happening. What's Happening. What's yeah. Happening. Yeah. It had a cool intro, too. Just cool, cool vibe, you know. Cool yeah. So, guys, man, we got a lot of paper in front of us, so that means we have a lot to talk about. And um, I'm trying to figure out where to put this one. We also have a great show coming up, and I'm going to put this down so I stop looking like an, an idiot by moving this around. But we have a great show. We have Ron Balls, um, dealer principal of Spirit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, uh, up in New Jersey. Ron's a great guy, a great operator. And then we have Justin Jarek on today. No, no stranger to the show. We've been wearing Justin out. Partially because, uh, you know, he was on a spotlight a couple weeks ago because he was um, promoted and given an, an opportunity, huge opportunity, is uh, to become general manager at Boniface Airs Kia after breaking records at their uh, GMC store, but um, Buick store. But he, uh, Jace, uh, Justin, is um, is now going to be a guest, and we're going to be able to spend some more time with him, which uh, we really, really would like to do. And then, Cribs, we've got uh, somebody that, you know, I know you've been spending some time um you know, uh, talking to as well, Sarah Hoagie, uh, CEO of Elite BDC, former BDC director at uh, Van uh, Bordel Subaru, and she's going to be our spotlight today. Pretty cool, huh? Very, very well deserved. In fact, I've been following uh, Sarah on social media, and uh, you know, she does live a lot of broadcasting uh, on Facebook lives, helping uh, not just dealers but uh, people from from all over in every position. So uh, she is an expert when it comes to internet and BDC. She's been a director. She's been a sales manager. She's been a lot of things. She knows her stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, man, I was reading some of these and, you know, I was scanning over some of these articles. They put these, uh, these articles in front of us and, you know, we start reading them, but uh, you know, I want to, a couple of them stand out to me, the, the FCA not giving up on cars. I wanted to attack that one for a second and kind of goes hand in hand a little bit. Maybe it can spill over into the uh, other article here that um, the top Honda executive tells the AIADA, don't panic over EVs, AVs, you know, um, the electric vehicle market, you know, people start panicking because, you know, there's not going to be as much need for service and gasoline. And, you know, everybody begins to panic. And, you know, then it goes into FCA not giving up on cars and it's talking about how, you know, the automakers cut most of its sedans. You know, it it it, uh, it still needs to dif- differentiate its offerings, and um, you know, it's it's focusing on truck and crossover and so forth. And you know, guys, I want to kind of throw this out. And again, our show is going to get really good here in a minute when we bring these guests on. But as we have this time together in the beginning, you know, let's bring up this topic. And I, I'm just sometimes I think we're so we're too smart for our own good. Sometimes you know, it's just like politics or anything else. You listen to all these talking heads and these. I guess that's what we are, right? But we're trying to be. But really, what we're doing is kind of just bringing it up and giving you food for thought. You know, mm-hmm. my uh, talking head opinion is that you know we talk too much about things that get people into frenzies, and we kind of start. That's, it's it's kind of like we set the trend. By speaking, right? You know, the president speaks and in the Fed acts. You know, the Fed speaks and the interest rates follow or whatever. You know, it's it's uh the market follows this. And so I look at this and go, FCA not giving up on cars. Well, let me ask you a question. They got a picture here, you know, and if you like a Dodge Charger, if you have a Dodge Charger, 
great. God bless you. Whatever. What about, what if the car's just ugly? You know, what if the car, seriously, what if the car is just not appealing? You know, you know, have we, do we do a good enough job? Every once in a while, we send something out to our, our customers here. We do a lot of feedback, uh, follow-up evaluations for our customers here at IPD. We also do it with our employees, right? We want to hear feedback. Why? Because I want to give the opportunity of the customer, which is the employee for us and the customer to our company, a chance to go, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. What about letting the consumer tell you, man, you know what, your car's ugly. That's why I'm not buying it. You know what I mean? So like instead of giving up for cars, let's get better at designing possibly. I mean, is that possible that it's just maybe we need to do a better job sometime? I'm not I saying think, I think so. I, I, mean, I mean, and a prime example of that like, is does a everyone of, want to drive trucks? You know, well, a couple on. of years ago, Buick had this beautiful concept two-door sports car came out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people were like going crazy about like, oh my God, how do I get this? And what do they do? They don't put in production. So, I mean, that's a prime example right there, just not listening to your clientele. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, and it was made specifically to like approach a younger generation mm-hmm. because one of the things that, that, uh, that's not talked about in the automotive industry is lots of times, especially American manufacturers, they're more concerned about how that car is presented overseas than it is in the United States. Um, for instance, uh, Buick is one of the, the reason Buick was kept through the whole General Motors uh, uh, cutback. Right was because of how well it sold over <clears throat> in China and some of the other markets. Right. Not necessarily here, but how it sold over the markets. And I think it probably sold that well because of Tiger Woods and uh, Peyton Manning driving around in probably because they're, <laughs> you know, overseas. A lot of times they love celebrities. But, you know, I, I, feel, really, I feel like it's more I feel like more is just giving up. OK, so then it spills over into my opinion. Again, talking head opinion. So take it and throw it out. Take it and love it. Like it. Think about it. Whatever you want to do with it. Use it as toilet paper. I don't care. Right. I'm going to give my opinion. My opinion is only don't a panic. Don't a panic. Don't a panic. Don't panic over EVs. AVs says the Tom, top Honda exec. First of all, he may be brilliant. I don't know. I don't know him, but just because he's a top exec doesn't mean anything other than he's making a lot of money. It doesn't even mean he's doing a good job or a bad job, right? Because how many times have we made bad decisions on those calls? But here's my here's my question. I don't necessarily think that young people are the ones pushing for electric vehicles, so to speak. I think it might be money driven. I think it might be you know uh, lobby driven. Different things like that might drive that. Because honestly, a lot of young people I know, some that work here in their early 20s, mid 20s, they like retro, man. They love it when when my wife drives up in her SRT, they're like, oh my God, can you rev the engine? You know, And so they're looking really at retro sometimes as something that is more appealing to them than, than, than what we say. So I'm not really sure that it's the market driving it as much as it is somebody with money wants somewhere driving it, trying to change the narrative. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's a little of both. I mean, much of this is mandated by the government and, you know, what a manufacturer has to produce by by a certain year because Mm -hmm. we're moving towards this, you know, everything's political, right? Moving towards the green, the green earth, uh, energy savings, uh, you know, not having to rely as much on finding some natural resources. So there's a lot of things that come into play there. But I do want to go back for a minute, if it's okay, to this, sure. this, this uh, design or, or this uh, uh, agenda from Chrysler uh, saying, hey, we're not giving up on 
our car lineup as we know you know ford shrank back i think the only uh vehicle they offer now in it is the is the, the what the mustang yep and uh i don't know if there's chevy's another one. doing the same thing uh yeah, she, like, you know yeah, chevy's I, doing the same thing can i just say one quick yeah, thing yeah. about that too it, it, unfortunately you know auto business was down tremendously in february because of the like, corona and because of especially honda and kia oh, yeah yeah honda and kia numbers were down but here's the deal They're, it's because of supply right yeah so, so guess what ford doing that shot themselves in the, in the in the tip of the big toe because the reality is they did of course you can't predict something like this but there's no alternative and these manufacturers need to be taking advantage of that downturn look people people will will drive what you offer them and what is appealing to them and it's, that comes down to sometimes the presentation right and so anyway i'm just going to throw that out there yeah and and there therein lies the opportunity for <clears throat> chrysler for example they're killing it right now with their sedan so now all the more reason to continue a sedan lineup when you don't really have that option with the other you know domestic manufacturers now at least mm -hmm. not the, the variety of lineup and by the way chrysler is killing it i mean it wasn't that long ago we thought we might lose chrysler right, right. Mm -hmm. all together and now they're coming back with product and we talked about dave you talking about mm -hmm. hey uh is the car ugly or what if you make an ugly car um there's certainly some 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 cars in in the lineup uh with chrysler even in recent years that i would say are are not exactly stellar right mm -hmm. um i think of for me personally it comes like the chrysler 200 yeah, and I'm not so much for me, but they named it that because they sold 200, <laughs> right? They sold 200. <laughs> um, but you know, when you talk about chargers, uh, uh, and you talk about Chrysler's performance right now, uh, Challenger just outsold, uh, Chevy and Mustang for the first time. in I don't know how many years, yep. um, the Ram truck just moved to number two in front of the Silverado mm -hmm. as a best-selling vehicle, just behind the F-150. And we know F-150, there's a ton of fleet right. uh, in there as well. Um, so there's a lot of exciting things when it comes to Chrysler. And well, I think that that kind of goes back to what David was saying, though, with the whole retro. I mean, that's yeah. really what these line these lines yeah. are. They're retro. Yeah. You know, this, yeah. this was meant to target an older audience. And guess what? The younger audience is out there, you know, buying these cars up. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, I, I agree. And, 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 and it's last year was the best year in, in, in Ford Chrysler, Dodge Charger sedan. You know, but I guess I guess what I'm saying is there's got to be the ability to not just you know it's not either feast or famine or the left or right. It's not there's sometimes there's a middle and you know we we move from one end of the pendulum to the other and it's so reactionary instead of looking at it and saying okay how do we really solve this right and and I think with anything it, it it's not a a panic mode or it's not a let's throw everything out the window. It's it there it could be that you know there are there's a need right to have an have some sort if the market is big enough there's a need to have your footprint in all aspects of it and i'm just not really sure that you know especially with what i've seen now tesla obviously is cool as the other side of the pillow right i mean they look good it's a good looking car you know what i mean but i mean all the evs out there and av all these all these electrical vehicles out there they're just you know <laughs> some of them just aren't cool looking you know, I mean, let's just face it. I mean, it's like driving a Tic Tac around or something, you know, with wheels. It's just not well, appealing. The, well, the difference with Tesla, too, is... Or it's not, got a big hump on it like a camel. Well, Tesla's know? not out to, to go to the masses either. You know, no. it's not it's not like no, but your it major looks car cool. brands. It looks no, cool. I, Did you see the new Kia? Uh, what's the new sport the car? They, they missed it on the truck, Stinger. Though. The truck huh? looks Stinger. awful. Stinger. Who said Stinger? Stinger. Dude, the Kia Stinger, right? Is that? Have you seen that car? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Kia sure. Stinger is bad to the bone, brother. It's, I mean, it, it's a it good is bad looking to the car. Bone. So make I'll, a freaking electric vehicle that looks good. I only have one issue with the Stinger. It's still a fifty thousand dollar Kia, and I struggle. I struggle there. No, well, but it, you, you, because of the nameplate, because you've been in the car business longer than a yeah, minute. Yeah, probably. It's probably unfair. Just like Hyundai, you I still struggle great sometimes product, with accent. You remember when Hyundai almost went out in the early two thousands? But the reality is this: Hyundai and Kia have arrived. They're now competing. Oh, they are. They majorly are. on the platform and uh, with with the major major imports and uh 
Anyway. And we have a fan, I'm sure, here in a moment that uh, is a fan of Kia. It'll be on oh, the show. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. Got to stir the pot a little bit with Justin <laughs> before we come on. We're going to commercial first, Mike, or no? All right, so are we ready for our guest now? Okay, so we'll talk a little bit more. Let's give a couple of dates out here. Um, and starting next week, I'm putting Mike on the spot because we've got to, uh, which he's fine with. It's not a bad thing. Putting Mike on the spot, uh, we got to grab a hold of the tickets. We're going to be giving away a couple of tickets a week uh, starting next week. If you're a GM dealer uh, and you want to go to Digital Dealer, we're going to give two tickets a week away. I believe, Mike, count starting next week, we're only four weeks out. Yes, sir. Four weeks out from Digital Dealer. It's April, April 6th. Through the 8th, there'll be four shows. We're going to try to do at least two shows jam-packed. And I said that right. Our producers are, are going to be freaking jam-packed full as many of Digital Dealer guests as we can get on. Like, you know, piling them in one after the other. And it's uh, so Digital Dealer, we're going to be there. Again, I'm emceeing the keynotes uh, for the three days. I'm excited and honored. Thanks for the opportunity to Digital Dealer. Our show is coming as press. We're going to be setting up a big rig in the middle of the expo hall. We'll be there. Uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll love to meet you. Um, and we want you to come out to Digital Dealer April 6th, 7th, and 8th. Again, come listen next week. For the next four weeks, we're going to give away two tickets. If you're a dealer or GM out there and you'd like to be on our panel, uh, reach out to us. Uh, we've got three live shows. And uh, on the floor, we'll have a big audience gathered around as well. We'll be airing those live. And uh, we'll be uh, discussing. We'll have eight guests on. We have multiple dealers on already. I think we have 10 dealers coming uh, just because they're part of our show. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be also doing a couple of really cool workshops. And by the way, I'm doing a workshop with our guest today, Justin Jarek and Brad Wise, GM of Furman, Rich Crawford, uh, the uh, GSM of uh, Thurston Auto Plaza in California, and uh, Stephen Jones, who was on a couple of weeks ago, the general manager of uh, Roundtree More Ford in a Morgan Auto Group store. So, Good stuff, man. And also, I got to get to mention this for my good friend uh, Glenn Lundy. Uh, Hustle and Grind Three is April twentieth and twenty first. I'm one of the speakers there, and uh, we'd love to meet you there as well. That's going to be April twentieth and twenty first as well. A couple of big things going on, going on. Here we go. Waiting on Justin. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so, guys, you know. What about this thing here, Sonic, back to a growth mode? I mean, what, let me ask you, first thing that popped in my mind is when you, why, why did you stop growing? <laughs> right. Um, you know what? Can I, can I kind of shift gears for one second, Dave, yeah, real quick, just because we have a moment before Justin comes on. But um, I know we talked about this earlier. I think this may be, may be the appropriate time to talk about it. But our great friend, uh, legend in this business, uh, Mr. Jim Ziegler, um, who was, as we all know, has been very um, uh, public about the um, announcement that uh, that he's struggling, battling with uh, a pretty serious cancer, and there was a uh, there. He's in surgery. I, I I haven't looked in the past few minutes, but I believe that it, that that he is still in surgery. But uh, want to you know uh, not only uh, just ask all of our viewers uh, for your thoughts and prayers for Jim Ziegler. Um, as he uh, struggles uh, with, um, you know, this physical challenge. And uh, I'm sure the road ahead is going to be tough, but uh, just want to pray for him and his family that, uh, that he'll have a great recovery. Yeah, absolutely. We just pray for Jim right now and just, God, to keep your hand over him and guide the surgeon's hands. This is a serious surgery, and, uh, and we want to we pray for a speedy recovery for him and, his, and uh, to also to have peace over his family, his wife, and, and uh and uh, we just expect Jim to make a full recovery, and, and that's our that's our that's our prayer. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, we have uh, Justin Jarek will be on in just a second. So we're going to go ahead and go to Ron Boss. Ron's been waiting. He's a dealer principal of Spirit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, and they're in New Jersey. Great operator, good friend of mine, uh, just a great guy. Um, and uh, we're going to bring Ron on, and then when Justin joins us, uh, we'll know because he'll be Skyped in, and he'll come right alongside, and we'll be able to bring him into the conversation. And, Cribs, I'm going to interview him and, or introduce him, and I'm going to yeah. let you jump to the first question here as we go forward. And uh, So we have, ladies and gentlemen, Ron Boss. Dealer Principal, Spirit, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. And uh, Ron, man, thanks for joining us. And uh, we're going to have Justin on in just a second. But, uh, but man, thank you very much for, for coming on. And, and I know this is a closeout week, but I hope you're having a good one, man. Thanks, <clears throat> thanks Steve. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, end of the month. You know how it goes. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's, Speaking uh, of it's like a illness product. we live with. You know, like I can't imagine what it'll be like one day when I actually know what the 31st is and I have nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, yep, actually, you know what? He just made a great point. We are talking about, yep. Dave, earlier about FCA and bringing this up. And then uh, we have also, we were mentioning just the fact that, uh, and of course, Chrysler's doing well right now, but uh, Kia had just an off month because of, and we're, we're asked Justin about that, which is a total different reason. But, uh, won't you uh, won't you pop into it first? yeah so ron you know i don't i don't know if you were on actually uh and being able to hear the audio uh as we opened up but you know we we're talking about the fact that chrysler's hanging in there sees an opportunity as other domestics are shrinking back their sedan lineup and focusing more just on suvs and trucks so that really has uh, i think provided even more opportunity for focus on some of your cars like the charger i mean it's it's killing it right now um, heck, the, uh, we just talked about the Challenger outsold Mustang and Chevy for the first time in forever. Uh, Ram just moved to number two uh, selling truck. Full disclosure, uh, David Cribbs drives got, a Challenger. Yeah, right. And we've got, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got your Jeep product. I mean, the Wrangler's a big hit. The new truck that just came out. The, uh, the uh, uh, gosh, you have to remind me of the name. But, Ron, you've got to be excited about what's yeah. happening with Chrysler. So there's, there's um, a couple things to your point. Um, you know, Chrysler had kind of somewhat bowed out of that that mid car market with the 200. And they put a lot of Thank they you. put a lot into it. And I heard you guys earlier talking about it. It was a good seller for us. Cried a little bit because that was a good car for oh. us. But um, but yeah, they um, you know the two the two front runners on the Dodge side, the Charger, Challenger, uh, very popular cars this year is the wide body coming out. They're probably already starting to trickle out now. Uh, Challenger. And listen, our area, like I said, we are <clears throat> we're South Jersey, kind of a little bit middle nowhere, um, but uh, we do well with the Scat Pack. Uh, we do well with the Charger Scat Packs. Um, we like to drive them. We're fans of them. I have a, in fact, I just traded a uh, Subline Green Scat Pack Challenger. Uh, so that's my rider, you know. But so we love it. I love the cars. But I would tell you this: it's really exciting on the Jeep side. Uh, in fact, in the middle of March, <clears throat> viewers are invited out to Michigan. And I guess they're doing it in zones. Um, it's a very, um, you know, cameras or this, and they're, they're, they're going to show us, like, the new Grand Cherokee, the new lineup, and some of the new things that Jeep's coming out. So, of course, I won't have pictures, but I think I'll be able to, like I said, I can, uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what the, um, you know, what, what the future holds for Jeep. Jeep is obviously the, uh, the, the, the crown jewel of FCA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talked about, you know, back in 09 where yeah, it was almost gone. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was, there was a lot of buzz about at that time where uh, we were partnered with Daimler. And, um, you know, I think at one point, you know, everybody was just trying to pick apart Jeep. And, yeah. uh, you know, Jeep is, like I said, the crown jewel. But, you know, there's other, there's other stuff that we have. I mean, you know, Chrysler Pacifica. Uh, Pacifica also offers um, the electric, the hybrid version. Um, we have that. Uh, you have the Chrysler 300 still. That was a car that really, back in 05, 
you know, really put us on the map. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so you kind of, uh, you know, some of the stuff, it's, it's a little dated, but, you know, it gets refreshed and stuff like that. So all in all, but, and and, and the ramp truck is just like, I mean, I, I, that, I can't say enough good things about it. Ron, hey, Leron, let me let me change it. Let me change this. Shift this up a, a slight bit. Um, the uh, I want to again. This is way off base, but I, I want. I've been curious, and I wanted to do a show. We're going to do a show soon on this, and got a couple of a uh, couple of our GMs that really are strong in the area of of subprime. And I, I wanted to ask you about that in 2020 as we're kind of rolling into a new year. And you know, um, obviously, there's a big push right now. Our used car businesses seems to be doing really well. There's a push for it. There's, there's, you know, there's just a lot of narrative being pushed in general. You know, when it comes to like subprime market, what do you what are you seeing right now? Um, so with we are seeing um, it, it's it's a popular segment. Uh, you know, there's definitely a market for it. Um, and, and with subprime, it's naturally having you know the right car. Uh, believe it or not, for us, uh, we found the sweet spot with uh, with the Dodge Journey, mm-hmm. which is always big money on the hood. So you get a lot of people to come in, don't have a lot of money to put down, uh, you know, trying to achieve a certain payment. Um, and I think the you know the one thing is a little concerning is we are seeing <clears throat> a lot of people more and more that are way out of equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not by like a couple thousand, but like, you know, seven, ten thousand. So, um, you know, when you start to see that, you, you know, that kind of reminds you, of, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And that's mm-hmm. not often. I don't think we're going to see what we saw in 09. But right. it does, does concern a little bit, but there is definitely opportunity for it. And keep in mind, I mean, you still have, you know, good people that go through bad things. Yeah. You know, not everybody that's subprime is, you know, just bad things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you know, you see that, and you know that that makes you want to fight that much more, and make sure, hey, listen, you know, these people got to get to work, they got to you know, get their kids from point A to point B, and you know, whatever the case is. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind. Like the, and, and you know, I'm really, you know, we, we push this well too. You can't take a subprime customer and just like, you know, you're approved. Here's your car. You're still going to do all your walk around. Still going to do your right. features, things like that. Like you know, I talked about like a little bit earlier about like Dodge Journey. I said, guys, listen. There's a whole feature presentation about that car. I mean, I, I get maybe it's a little dated or whatever, but <clears throat> there's still value to a lot of these things. So I think it's important that you know, even in subprime, um, not that you ever wouldn't, but you know, you treat them like a regular retail customer. You know, because you know, one thing about like the subprime people is uh, you know, a lot of times they don't forget about you, and then when they get back on their feet, you know, they're back, <clears throat> you know, buying more and you know, you know, trying to trade their higher interest for lower interest things like that. So I think it's a whole uh, good opportunity there to answer your question. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you for that. I, I, it's just been something that we're gonna we're gonna be doing a show on. And Cribsy, we we've done a lot in the past on yeah. it. But you know, I always like to, especially in the beginning of the year, kind of find the pulse and find out what's going on, what's different and changed. And so uh, I'm looking forward to talking about that soon. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that when we talk about subprime, we that it that it always comes up about you know the the consciousness of treating the customer uh, better, things like that. And uh, the ironic part about that is that the subprime customer is actually more valuable for us, right? We typically the grosses are higher; they're more loyal, just like we talked about. And the other thing is that it's not like um, us as you know as an individual dealer that we're the only game in town that has that resource to deliver to subprime customers, right? <clears throat> Um, it, it, I mean, there's so much out there now for the subprime customer that uh, that I, I don't even think you can can look at them any differently other than they're probably more valuable for you. So I'd be treating them like gold, especially when well, you look at the funny. referral side, too. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Oh, yeah. They're more likely to refer somebody to them, you know, a prime customer. 
Yep. But it, I, I will tell you one thing that's I, I noticed a little different about the subprime customer. You kind of chuckle when I say this is if you you get somebody uh, you know approved and uh, you know it's not just like I mean the people are like you might have thought they hit the lottery. They're jumping up and hugging you and they're in tears. And, I mean, the only thing I'm missing in my showroom is confetti. <laughs> it's like, so it, it's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's a little, you know, sometimes in, in my, my specified person, um, it's, uh, it's actually my sister-in-law that she works these deals and she works hard, works diligently. And I got to tell you, I mean, they have moments where she's crying and the person's crying and they could, I can't believe this is happening. And, and uh, it's like, so that's kind of like a little refreshing every once in a while. At least you're appreciated on our side. It's not just like, you know, I'm going to go to the next dealer, you know, like they're, they're ready. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. A lot more rewarding uh, when you see something like that. So it looks like Justin has joined us, Justin Jarek. And uh, uh, first of all, Justin, again, congratulations on your new position as general manager at uh, Boniface Airs Kia. And uh, thank you so much. I, yeah. And, and are you uh, did I see it right? Are you guys breaking ground on also a new facility? Yes, we are. We're, uh, it should be done the first week or two of November. It's going to be almost nice. 15 acres. Wow. Nice, man. It's going to be big. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's super, ex man. that's super exciting. And we were talking earlier, Justin, we opened up talking about, uh, you know, how the domestics had, had kind of shrunk down their, um, th their production of sedans and and coupes and oh, different yeah. vehicles, you know, uh, relying more on that SUV and truck market. Uh, but you guys have a great lineup of cars uh, with Kia. And, you know, I kind of joked around earlier. Dave was talking about how he, you know, was attracted to the new Stinger. That's obviously a great looking <laughs> car. And uh, I kind of joked around about I was still having trouble with uh, the idea of spending, you know, looking at $50,000 for a Kia. Uh, but man, Kia really, has really uh, not only uh, changed, and, uh, but now they're dominating a lot of the space. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're not kidding. I mean, if you look at any of the reports, like, you know, what's big right now is the Telluride. We can't keep those in quick enough. By the time they come off the truck, we pretty much have them sold. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the quality is just so good that they're competing with Honda and Toyota. And they're not only competing, but they're beating them, which is unbelievable. Yeah, and let me ask you this: I, I, with the uh, with the challenges, and obviously none of us could see the challenges of the supply challenges, kind of affected a little bit some of the import, especially Honda this month, and a little bit of Kia, yeah. some dealers. I mean, oh, yeah. how how are you? And I'm talking more from now, somebody listening, not a Kia dealer listening, but a dealer that's experiencing challenge in general, because because their challenges when they're going on, you know, feel the same, right? So if you're speaking to a dealer, how do you get creative, man, so that you can keep your salespeople fed, keep them hungry, or keep them happy? You know, keep you know keep the sales coming in. What do you what are you doing those on the fly shifts? If you don't mind me asking, because I know you're a creative guy. And you're not going to go into your first <laughs> full month as a GM, right? You're not going to uh -huh. go into – it's like getting getting kicked in the freaking face the first month you go in as a GM in some ways. But, <laughs> but that's no hill for a climber, brother. So talk, talk a little bit to what, what you're doing to make some on-the-fly shifts. Absolutely. Well, one of the most important things, and, uh, you know, I, I always talk about it, but, you know, social media, just being all over social media. And, you know, if production is a little bit slower on the new cars, you know, what are you doing to promote new cars? You know, do you have a new uh, used car special of the day of the week? And, you know, just constantly like for us, we do when we go on our lot walks, we're always making sure that we go live and that's everyone going live. So that's kind of cool. It's something that's very important. You're checking in. Um, I think that's something, you know, being as as pr as present as possible is something that's so important. That's good. 
It's good stuff. Well, you know, it's so funny because uh, Dave Cribs uh, and I were talking, and, and just one month, we have almost a 1,000 check-ins at Kia. Wow. So we're wow. checking in for everything with all of our customers, with everything we do, our, all of our live videos. Uh, you know, anything that we do, we're, we're checking in, and we're making sure all of our customers in service are doing it. Um, in sales, all of our sales people, all of our um, all of our management, finance, sales management. So I think that getting everyone on board and bought in, I think, is extremely important. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and then and then and then getting everyone on board, but also holding them accountable, which we kind of talked a little bit about as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one of the strengths that, that you just carry with you, Justin, is that you're able to kind of rally the troops, if you will. I think a lot of it has to do with not only your energy, but your commitment and, and, the, fact, and the fact that you realize that it's, a, that it's a whole team you know, concept. It's funny, and I'll, oh, yeah. I'll kind of go back to, uh, to Ron. And uh, Ron, you know, Justin's done a lot of things with social media, is very active. And, and uh, I thought about you, Justin, the other day, but um, <laughs> uh, when I saw a video, it was from another dealer, and I, w- I wish I could remember the, the, uh, the name of the dealer. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I watch so many different things just kind of trying to find stuff oh, yeah. that, that are gems. But um, there was a dealer that went live with a sales meeting the other day. And I'll go back to Ron on this. And and, and Ron, uh, the dealer went live, and they did a uh, they did one of the sales managers and one of the uh, sales people did like a dad joke off. It was an you know, oh, uh, oh got, that's awesome. And, and and I just thought how cool because I watched it. Not only was I entertained by the jokes because most people like to to watch comedy right and hear the jokes. Uh, yeah. but they had to keep a straight face. You know, they got points if they made the other one laugh. And then, uh, I'm sitting there from a customer's perspective thinking, wow, I'm dropping into this thing. And there were probably 20 people in the room and, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking these don't look like car salespeople and they're not talking about car sales, but now I'm even more intrigued. So Ron, we'll go to you and maybe talk about that a little bit. I mean, are, are we evolving in that area? I mean, obviously we're, we're, we're focused a lot on what the customer experience is, but um, I think that's really, really important is moving more towards that place where a dealership feels like a place you'll, you're, you're okay with going or maybe want to go versus dread going. Well, I think, you know, listen, I, I've done this for decades, you know, and, and hats off to Justin. First of all, congratulations on your promotion. Thank I you. I appreciate it. You know, I'm very, very, uh, you know, very, very happy for you. I think that um, social engagement is important. I was actually even thinking about, um, uh, you know, putting like a live camera like up on the lot and in the showroom because what's crazy is that, like, I didn't realize this. We just had this conversation this morning. Is we have like followers, people that follow our website, you know. Oh, yeah. And in particular, like, I'll get phone calls from personal friends of mine, like, hey, I just saw you traded this truck or this, and, and they're not. Oh, yeah. But they're like, they're sitting there watching this. And I got to tell you, look, I do this for a living. I don't go home and then look at my website or look at other people's website. I'm checked out. I mean, I want to, you know, whatever. But but there's a core of people out there that I think I even fail to overlook and say, hey, there's people watching. And there's people that want to see and they want more engagement. I mean, I personally, you know, probably took a little bit of a step back. Um, because quite honestly, there's you get a lot of negative, not like you get a lot of people that just you know negative comments. You got to overlook all that stuff, so and so forth. But there's a lot. We're in a small town, and I'm sure it's similar across the country. And you have some of these these Facebook pages, and these people go crazy. I mean, it's like you could have, you know, I went to somewhere for an oil change, and and next thing you know, 500 people trying. It, it's like you got to be able to block that out and ignore it. But I do think that the customer likes that, um, likes that engagement. I think they like to see you know the pictures on the website. I think they like to see, but. You know, I think even I've really thought about this a lot is like I've been trying to have like a live cam, you know, like in the showroom or on the lot 
and just something that, you know, where people, if they want to kind of log into, you know, like, I think that, like I said, it's, it's important that, you know, to stay relevant to what we do. And social media is a huge part of it. It just is. I mean, you know, for the longest time in, in the Chrysler world, you know, you focus on your, your CEI score and, 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 and all, and you still do, don't get me wrong. But I'm more concerned about my Google rating. I'm more concerned about what somebody says on Facebook, you know, and things Absolutely. like that. Because people read that. They read those reviews. You know, and that, that, that opens a whole nother conversation. How you respond to the reviews, the negatives, and this and that, and so on and so forth. So there is a lot to, um, you know, to, like I said, what you guys do, like I said, on social media. I think even the live meeting, um, you know, we even, you know, kind of kick that around a little bit. Not that we're talking about anything, you know, there, there's some things you got to, you know, just discuss and address, but, but the core of our meetings are, you know, hey, you know, certain things like I, I bring this up pretty much every week, you know, with the customers, you know, with the salespeople saying, listen, these people are more afraid to get out of their car and walk through the front door than you think, you know, like it takes a lot of courage to pull up to a showroom, get out of your car, and we are friendly as we can be and, you know, try to, you know, break that wall down. And there's still that, you know, you still see that, 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 that standoffish, uh, you know, reaction so i think you know social media helps bring that down i have a couple guys that are active and you know they get um and and they get connected that way too it's it's the you know the, the facebook the social media is like the, the 21st century of the of the yellow pages it's what it is so <laughs> i like I, I like what you said ron about the uh the cameras live streaming in the in the uh, showroom it's funny you mentioned that because <clears throat> it was months ago we were talking about internally here there's a european used car dealer and oh, yeah, on their website, you can push certain buttons that will make things happen inside the actual sales manager's office. And <laughs> it's awesome. very entertaining. And, and they're one of the top, uh, I believe, used That's car dealers awesome. in the entire world. Um, so I think it's a great but idea. To Tony Washington just said, I like the idea to have a live camera set up. Everyone is trying to give a great experience, but people want to be entertained. And I think Absolutely. it just comes down to reality. You know, um, I was we were talking uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, about I heard something uh, totally non-related to automotive. Um, it was just on TV somewhere, and they were talking about reality TV. And uh, it was a gentleman that was being interviewed, and he was doing a reality TV show, what you call reality TV show, which is these days the reality TV show where they're so produced, right? So they're not, you know, they're edited. Oh, yeah. um, you know, but what he said got the most. Uh, he, they were doing a behind the scenes, um, a real live behind the scene of what's going on. Yeah. And they were starting to air that in between. So they just kept let, let the cameras roll and they yeah. did. And they said that that was what got, again, it was that's true, transparent, you know, organic yeah. Yeah. what's going on. And I was just listening to something yesterday where they were talking about uh, some guy, the guy's uh, handle is like something like old man, something, you know, that's actually his handle on Instagram. The guy's got like 8 million views of like bacon biscuits, you know, <laughs> you know, just I, my point is, is like people want, I think people sometimes we're, we're so uh, inundated with, professionalism and, and edited and photoshopped and you know and, mm -hmm. and they just want man like real you know yeah yeah oh yeah and i think this is where we're going i'll go back to justin real quick and we we'll, got a guy we'll calling you ron saying hey i did oh you just delivered a car it's like dude you know what do you what do you like a car warrior you know what i mean you guys like watching <laughs> car videos of people being delivered a car like hey you gotta listen, listen yeah. man i see yeah. i say this all the time man you can't make up what happens in our showroom man <laughs> you just can't you don't know i tell my guys all the time you can't tell me how this day is going to start and how it's going to end yeah. and i think that like i said there's an element of of entertainment, but a connection, I think, is what people kind of like what you said, you know, listen, holding this on, you know, people chiming in. I think you have that engagement. I don't know, man. I think maybe we kind of open up to a whole nother, 
you know, dynamic to uh, the car experience. Yeah. Right. You know, who knows? Absolutely, man. Well, guys, I, I appreciate you coming on um, this segment. Uh, I, you know, we could keep talking about this, obviously. And Justin, I look forward. <laughs> you know, man, Ron, I'd love to have you down too, man. If you want to be part of it, I got a ticket for you. A digital dealer coming down in April. Oh yeah. Uh, Justin's going to be uh, on the panel. Uh, with me, uh, Brad I Wise, uh, Stephen Jones, and uh, Rich Crawford. And uh, I mean, I got the easy job, man. I just got to sit there and ask a question and then toss the <laughs> mic to one of those one of those four studs, man. And they're going to be just knocking awesome. it out of the park. But um, so uh, can't wait to see you guys. This has been great. I know, I can't wait. So, man, thank you so much for coming on, guys, and hope you close strong and, and uh, this oh, yeah. first quarter continues to be something something special. Thanks, gentlemen. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank I you. appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank Thanks you, guys. Thanks. You know, gentlemen, one, one comment that came in that was interesting uh, before we go to a quick break here um, from uh, Matias that sent this to me. Um, from Bill Schomburg, and it was just, I think it was about the comment we were talking about earlier. And of course, he's a great perspective, David Villa, but it was what we were all saying, but mm -hmm. it's a narrative, not a market. And you know, um, mm -hmm. and, I, and I like that because mm -hmm. it's, it's a narrative, not a market. And, and I'm telling you, so many things are, are driven by narrative. Yeah. And it's yeah, always no been that way. No I mean, it's sales, right? Yeah. But can I tell yeah. you something? If it's sales coming from the top or coming from somebody that basically doesn't have their feet on the ground, so to speak, then why can't we in turn sell Right, right. What the people want, meaning we we also can combat that with sales. Sales is emotions, right? True. It's emotions, it's feelings. True. It's true. Yeah. It's real. It's organic. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, correct. Hey. Uh, correct. We're going to a break, great. right? Yes, Villa. Good, good point, Villa. <laughs> oh, you talk. <laughs> he speaks. It's a miracle. Hey. Oh, he was very vocal today in the opener and everything else. Uh, Thank yeah. you. Before we went <laughs> live, it's like Chris is like, <laughs> I was like, you guys don't know quiet. what's going on. This is what's going on. It's Chris is like, yeah. So guys, it's gonna be a great show. It's like we're live. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, huh? Look at him. Shake That's not exactly what happens. Huh? But okay. That's what? not exactly what happens. But okay. It's kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's know, like the, exactly. you remember the old Looney Tunes, the dancing frog. Mm -hmm. Yes, and the guy had the dancing frog, and he had kept him in a box, and he'd go he to he'd he'd go to the talent show and open it up, and he'd be like, or the donkey on Shrek. Yeah, remember donkey on Shrek? Donkey's yeah. a talking donkey, and she tried to t you know bring donkey you know to to the table and say, look, I got a talking donkey, and the donkey's like just stood there, you know. I just, I just and listen. I just respect my elders. <laughs> That's all it is. I just respect my elders. That's all. <laughs> there, there we go. go. Oh. All right. Okay. Well, all you right. just disrespect. You just disrespect uh, two of us right here, uh, elders. Uh, so All moving right, on. Hey, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with our spotlight guest, yeah. Sarah Hoagie. Hey guys, this is Joe Callow with Auto Dealer University, and I'm excited to share with you the fastest growing training platform on the planet. It takes a lot of people, and it takes an awesome facility to get this thing done. So come on in. I'm gonna show it to you. All right, over here we have our marketing team. This is where all the magic happens. The content, videos, everything you see inside the university. Check it out. Hey, come on, let's go show you the studio real quick. Hey, and here, as a matter of fact, it looks like we've got David Cribbs in there doing some training right now. Let's take a peek inside. All right, man, all-star sales team right here. This is where it all happens. These guys 
are reaching everybody from Canada throughout the entire United States. Check them out. Over here we have our production team. Hey, we have our engagement team over here. This is what really sets us apart from all these other training platforms. Let's go say hello to Kevin real quick. He'll tell you a little bit about our engagement team. So engagement, what, what does it mean? So our team is, is a partner with you. We help your team stay engaged with the, with the university. We also make sure they know all the new content that comes out. Uh, we're, we're in this to help you. We wanna make sure that everything we do is to partner with you and make sure Auto Data University is the best all right, come on, I'm gonna show you our training room where we bring dealers in from all over the country and we do live training. All right, check it out, man. This is where we do live training. We fly dealers in from all over the country and we do live training and then we upload it into the university so they can watch it as many times as they want. Check it out. All right, so hey, that was a quick run through the facility. You got to see some of our team, but let me just go ahead and break it down one more time for you. Auto Dealer University, the fastest growing training platform on the planet, man. What sets us apart? Why are so many people and so many dealers jumping on with us? Simply because of our engagement team, man. You see what you get with our engagement team. We make a difference. We help do the heavy lifting with you and get your team engaged. Also, takeaways, also 39 different trainers, 1400 courses, different methods of how we train. We're on the lot, in the showroom, at the desk, desking interactions. I'm telling you, this is rich. This is comprehensive. And we have dealers saying that they have never seen anything like it. Why don't you go ahead, take a look for yourself, do a test drive, we'll set you up for 30 days on our dime and we'll train your people. And we're back. Hey, we're live. We're back. And it is time on Auto Dealer Live for our Spotlight uh, yeah. featured guest. And uh, this week with us is Sarah Hoagie. She's the CEO at Elite BDC. <laughs> she was the former BDC director at Van Bortle Subaru. And she works with dealers and BDC representatives from all over the country. And uh, Sarah, um, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, my local Floridian friends. How are you? I, I'm doing We fantastic. are doing great. Yeah, you're right down the road in Orlando there, and I know that you do have also plans to uh, to be at Digital Dealer, and I believe maybe even Hustle and Grind as well, right? So I attended Hustle and Grind last year, and I would say it really motivated me and pushed me to want to do some things that I've been really wanting to do for a while, but we have four children. I had to wait for my fourth child to go uh, to into kindergarten, and so I had that push, and I've been going strong since, I would say, August when that started so yeah i'm right here in orlando as of last year i just moved here so if you guys want to show me around that's fine with me <laughs> well sarah we'd <laughs> love to have you too if you come to a digital dealer we're going to do three live shows we'd uh, love you to join us one of them will be uh centered around uh, bdc and mm -hmm. and uh, so that's obviously your area of expertise and we'll have probably four or five dealers on that panel as well so we'll whatever you need help with <clears throat> awesome awesome well um you know i want to ask this because we've had in the past you know uh Dave and I, you know, even before Chris came back on the show, we've had tons of. Uh, matter of fact, we had the old BDC boardroom back where we had BDC debates, and mm -hmm. and uh, you know things have changed. Obviously, I don't think you have a dealer on the planet uh, in, that's 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 you know relevant that is now discussing. Do I need 
a BDC or do I need that division where that was a lot of the debate back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, you know, there's still such a, uh, a gap on um, is it effective or efficient, you know, and, you know, is it running that way? And so and a lot of dealers just simply don't know, you know, so they do it and they're seeing some increase. And so therefore it must be okay, right? Because it's making me some money and I, you know, I can't mm-hmm. operate the way I need to without it. But how many dealers do you think really struggle possibly with maybe an overload? Maybe, maybe, maybe they have, you know, too many processes in place. Maybe they have too many layers in place. You know, what's your philosophy on that when it comes to a 2020 look at BDC in the auto business, if you don't mind me asking? No, no, that's, I would say that's what most dealers hire me for. And I think you're absolutely right there. The question I get asked the most is, I think this is really expensive and I don't, I don't think I should have one. Mm-hmm. Or they see it as a, an expense department instead of a profit department. So I help them analyze all their processes, what they currently have in place. I take mm-hmm. a very high level view of their traffic. And, and it's not even, do I need a BDC anymore? It's, I need a BDC. Should I have a virtual one or should I bring, have one in, in my dealership? Mm-hmm. Should I have it offsite or should I have it in my dealership? And how do I know if it's generating money for me? And I, I have the tools I've, so I've been in automotive for 20 years and I've, I've developed some nice tools that really show if, if it's profitable or if it's an expense. And yeah, I will yeah. tell you, I really notice it's, it's an expense if the payroll is completely Out of whack. not, yeah. yeah. So, right. so that's that was going to ask you, and you kind of answered it a little bit there. And you know, I know that obviously dealers are, they want the full the full Monty, so to speak. They hire you, and that's what <laughs> you know that's what they they do. Um, and hopefully, if dealers are, you're listening and you need help in that area, then then obviously please do reach out to to Sarah. Um, but I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Just on a surface surface level, give us some 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 maybe some a couple of things, a couple of pointers that, because that is an issue. But uh, dealers don't know, you know. And, and, and again, hiring somebody could also be a mistake because you know, um, you know, I, you know, if you're hiring an outside company, let's just say there's still a point person or persons at the dealership that are going to handle those leads. Mm-hmm. There could be a disconnect there, um, which goes back to any company that's done marketing for years that provides leads, um, even through appointment setting. Uh, you know, like we do, we run into dealers all the time that the decision maker says, I spent, you know, 20 grand on marketing. I didn't see anything. And the disconnect was really uh, where the, the the people down the rung, so to speak, they were handling the leads, did not know what they were, didn't, that were overwhelmed already, <laughs> you know? Um, so, I mean, maybe give us a couple of things that would help you, you know, if you could, a couple of free nuggets that would say, hey, these are a couple of things that a dealer, you know, could look at. Absolutely. A, I mean, you have to really understand if you are going to go, if you're going to develop a BDC, make sure um, that you're all in. I tell dealers, oh, I'm going to start with like one person and we're going to see how it goes. And A, they mishire the person. B, they don't hire enough people. And they're, even the dealer isn't completely bought all the way in. So A, if you're going to go in, go all in 100%. If you're going to have a BDC in-house, you make sure you staff it appropriately. You have all the tools in place, including, I just had a a lady ask me today, do I use double monitors? You need double monitors. You need headsets. You need an an area. And don't like pretend that I'm I'm just going to put a Band-Aid on it. So I tell dealers all the time, A, don't put a Band-Aid on it. B, Onboarding a BDC agent, and I'm I'm thoroughly of the opinion, if you're going to have a BDC, this is your training center so that you don't have to look outside of the dealership to go, I'm looking for salespeople, where am I going to go? You have a BDC, 
They need to be onboarded, onboard these poor people and onboard them appropriately. And I I just had to deal, okay, after a week, I'm going to be all done. You're going to be all set with my BDC. Well, that's unrealistic, people. It takes me that long just to find somebody to work in your BDC. So make sure if you're onboarding them, I see it running like a machine after three months. You have to onboard them to know unsold showroom traffic, what to say, what not to say, equity mining, data mining, lease renewals, inbound calls, internet leads, overcoming objections. I mean, who is good after one week of training? And then like the trainer's gone. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know, it's funny, Chris, and, and, uh, Chris and Sarah, all of us, but it's funny because, you know, that's just the mentality sometimes. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's what's interesting is if you plan on, when, we, when we're entrepreneurs and business owners, and let's just talk to every dealer out there and, and every GM that gets paid by the bottom line and gets, you know, I mean, you know that that that, that uh, you know that doesn't want to get you know blown out of a position that is notorious for being blowing someone out. If you have a couple of bad months, you know if you're in this thing and you really want to turn something around or make something happen, let's just look at a dealer for instance. A dealer like Ron that was on a minute ago, he's in this. Mm. This is what he does. Right. If you plan on doing this next year, why not make the investment? It's it's t- to 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 set up the foundation and the structure appropriately. I think that it's unrealistic to 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 do like a wham bam kind of somebody in somebody you know blow in blow up blow out. And, and you're going to just catch everything you need. And it's so, it's so uh, unrealistic, but it's so, I think, the, the business sometimes, you know, Cribs. And um, the all-in, is I think, is a great tip there from Sarah. But, you know, what do you think? Yeah, well, I was actually going to ask Sarah something along those same lines is to really maybe, Sarah, speak to the, you know, the Internet director, the Internet BDC person. Because when I, when I you know, I've been following you, um, not in a stalkish way, but been following you, <laughs> jumping on some of your uh, live trainings. I, I just took a whole page of notes, by the way, with you the other day uh, when you went over the admin role, you know, assigning admin and who should have access and, and how to set up set that up. So, um, but one of the things I also picked up on is you seem like a very, you know, take charge kind of person. And when, when, when someone is an internet director or BDC director has that opportunity, one of the things that, that, that I always encourage them to do is blow that up. You know what I mean? You Uh have an opportunity to be, you, you know, you've got access to leads. You have the opportunity to become the dealership within the dealership. So maybe speak to the internet director, maybe in, in kind of a, a way of, of, of looking at that. Like you should be, if you're the internet director, you have already proven your worth, hopefully, as an agent, a team leader. Um, You probably have more tools or skills than probably anybody in the dealership at this point. I mean, my average my average user in a dealer when it comes to computer usage, I hate to say it, dealer, salespeople, a lot of people in those specific roles, there are five. When you're an e-commerce or internet director, you can do everything. Your social media, you are a trainer, you have to have patience. I mean, multiple levels of patience for training. Um, you just have a high level of skill set. And not only that, I would say because I have been an e-commerce director in multiple roles and after being like successful, you have the ability to almost do whatever you want within a dealership because of the skill levels or, or the ones you've been able to obtain in that role. Mm, I mean, it's, it's vital. It's a vital part of the entire dealership's business. Mm, yeah. That's good. Yep. Huge well, opportunity. Go ahead. Well, Chris. Sarah, we really appreciate having you on today. If, if there's one, as we're getting ready to close the show, if there's one thing you could really get out there and stress to dealers, just I know I know there's many, but if there's just one <laughs> thing you could get across to a dealer, like your number one point that you would beat them over the head with, let's end let's end this segment with that. 
Give it to us. What is it? I'm going to tell you flat out, this is what I'm seeing across the industry. And <laughs> I'm probably going to make a lot of friends here by stating this, but not all lead sources are created equal. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sign up with every single type of lead source and hope that it's going to work for your dealer. It doesn't matter if a salesperson's answering the lead, if a manager is, if I am, um, you don't need to sign up with what's going to really work for you at your dealership. And and I hate to say it, but they have um, good backing. So sometimes I'm going in and I'm like, why are you signed up with every single possible lead source on the market? And they're like, well, and I'm going to say sometimes like, well, I don't have to pay for it unless I sell a car on it. No, but you have to pay for the manpower. You have to pay for the manpower that's going to work that advertising source. So you're better off doing database mining, equity mining, conquest, stuff that's really going to make sense that's going to produce a good ROI for your dealership. So really take a look at your lead sources and make sure that they're working. Thank like you, Sarah. Sarah. Sarah Hoagie, CEO at Elite BDC. and uh, I can't Sarah, wait to meet you guys, by the way. I look, can't wait to see you and meet you. Uh, likewise. <laughs> really and, excited and about how, it. How does a dealer reach out to you, Sarah? What's the best way that to, to, they want to connect with you? And Well, uh, you're... <laughs> You're going to laugh. The best way right now is, is probably by phone. I'm doing, I'm, I'm Christian. And I'm taking us a, a little breather from personal social media, not business social media. Mm-hmm. So they can reach me on Facebook through Elite BDC. Mm-hmm. My phone number is 585-329-0538. Um, and I do, I have a little group, Automotive BDC and CRM Forum. And, and they have a lot of great people in that group, including, including uh, you guys. So if they want to come in and, and join and see what we're all about, completely fine with me. Awesome. That's great. All right, ladies and thank gentlemen, you, Sarah Hoagie, thank you thank so you much Mark. for being with us and uh, have a great weekend. Great. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, just, just all great points, you know, and I love it all in, you know, and it really, sometimes you think, oh, that's just a, you know, that's a canned answer. That's a sample answer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it's like so much, you know, when we, when we offer training, platforms we offer marketing everything you know one of the things that we stress in our walkthroughs or our onboarding is you know you got to be committed to this because you know i I did a podcast yesterday non-automotive related but one kind of related to what we're talking about though was you know it's easy sometimes to get time talent treasure it's easy sometimes to write a check yeah you know but it's hard to dedicate your time in your in your in your talent and so you know when these dealers are write a check it's, it's a marketing budget but are you going to back that? Are you just going to write a check and hand it off because it's something I need to do and then just throw the throw the dice down the crap table and hope it works? Or am I going to follow up with that process and go, I'm going to give this company a chance. I'm going to be all in, get mm-hmm. my team to the table, you know, really dedicate and commit ourselves to it. And I think there's an, I think that if we really want, you know, if we spend enough down the crap table that doesn't work, then, it, then it'll get our attention. Unfortunately, it sometimes takes that. But the reality is it doesn't have to be that way. We can actually... Yeah, just get serious about it now and make those decisions every time based on being all in. Yeah, yep, pretty much applies to everything. All right. Great show. Great show, guys. Hey, we'll see you soon. Peace.